This episode of the Retail Oasis Retail Wrap-Up Podcast is proudly brought to you by Afterpay. Bye now, pay later. Welcome to the Retail Oasis Retail Wrap-Up Podcast for 2021. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this was recorded, the Guyamagal people of the Eora Nation. I acknowledge the elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. In today's episode, we talk to Adam Levine. Adam is the founder of Hero. Hero is the world leader in conversational commerce, meaning it's a virtual platform that helps connect online shoppers with a live expert, often in a retail store nearby. Hero aimed to give customers the same experience they would get in a physical store, but from the comfort of their own home, either via video or text. Adam's goal has always been to combine the IRL experience with e-com to give customers the human connection that we expect from a retail experience. Adam began his hero journey in 2017 in the UK, and over the course of four years, he has seen this space evolve so quickly, but he truly believes this technology is the future of retail. And after this conversation, we'd have to agree. A huge thank you to Adam for joining us. We hope you enjoy this conversation. So for any of our listeners who may or may not have heard of Hero, can you tell us a little bit about the company and its creation and evolution? Hero is the virtual shopping platform that helps connect online shoppers when they need help, advice, inspiration, when they're shopping online. We give them the ability to connect live with an expert, often in the retail store nearby, to give them the same experience they would get in the physical store, but get that from wherever they are in the world. So increasingly over the last few months, that's at home, where many people have been forced to stay. And it means you can now browse your favorite websites. I always like to use Levi's as an example, one of our customers, if you're on levis.com and you'd help about uh, the fit of a pair of 501s, you can tap the hero button on levis.com, connect live to an associate in the store nearest to you. And through chat, through video calling, um, through text, you can connect live if you were there. So it's really all about bringing that IRL experience to e-commerce and humanizing e-commerce. And we got started on this journey 2017. So we're about four years into our journey now, but this space is evolving so quickly and excited to kind of dive into this with you today. Um, we, we visit uh, New York every year, and I'm absolutely sure we first met you or saw your business um, at the big show in the lab there. Would that be about, uh-huh. about three years ago? Yeah, absolutely right. 2018, which feels like a lifetime ago now. It also feels absolutely crazy, the idea of being in a, a hall with 50,000 other people, uh, especially through COVID. Um, but yeah, absolutely, you're right. We were there 2018. We we're a very young startup. Maybe we were 15 or 20 people. And yeah, we we're in New York for the first time in the big show, which was a fantastic event for us in, in the Innovation Lab. It really is extraordinary, isn't it? You get to meet so many people from so many places you get to talk to other people about what they're doing and how they're doing things mm-hmm. and caught up in that lab area where you have all these startups i mean i should imagine it's a really wonderful atmosphere yeah yeah absolutely and it's just such great exposure to have everyone in one room in one place 
who is really looking for the next big thing in technology. And we met so many customers there that year and met so many uh, partners as well and other startups who are booming in this space also. Many of them have gone on to, to really grow over the last few years. The problem is they won't let you back into that booth again. You, you can't uh, go back into the innovation lab. You then have to buy one of the very big booths downstairs. Um, sadly, but uh, the Innovation Lab is fantastic. Yeah, and it's been great for us. It was a, a great initiative to be involved in. Step back for us and just give us the backstory behind the creation. It'd be really interesting to understand yeah. if there was a personal motivation or a problem with the retail business that you were visiting that created yeah. your interest yeah. in Hero. A bit of both. So I grew up watching my mum run her very small antiques and jewellery store. And so my mum is a born entrepreneur uh, at a very small scale. They started her own jewellery and, and antique store when I was very young. And I would sit and observe her in the store. And I would you know, try and help out where possible as a young kid. I wasn't particularly helpful or knowledgeable in the subject of antiques or jewellery. But what I observed was the importance of merchandising and seeing my mum my merchandise in the way that she knew best. Uh, then the expertise she had and helping uh, and seeing her help customers and really talk them through what is quite an obscure, you know, a niche interest of antiques and jewellery. And importantly, staying in touch with her customers. You know, she built essentially a contact book of customers that would return and come and see her every week. So I observed that at a young age. And then in 2010, uh, I was part of the team that launched the biggest app developer in Europe. And we really rode the wave of the app boom. The iPhone had just come out and every FTSE 100 and Fortune 500 was uh, coming to our business. It was called Grapple. We, we grew it to about 200 people. And they were coming to us to solve essentially their problems in mobile. And so over about four years, I had a front row seat into the explosion of mobile commerce. And, uh, and it got to 2015, I left the company that acquired our last business. And I kind of said, well, I love the in-store experience, the IRL experience that is so hard to recreate online. And all of e-commerce, especially when it's on, on phone, is so impersonal, it's so transactional. And that for me was really that kind of a lightning bulb moment to say, well, how could you evolve this experience? And I remember having it specifically when I was on the phone to my local bookstore, and I was looking for a present actually for an investor who ended up investing in Hero. And I was looking for a specific book and I was on their website, which um, was very old fashioned and quite antiquated to use. And I was waiting on hold to try and find out if they had a book and if they'd put it aside for me and if they had any recommendations for other books. And I just thought, well, there's so much opportunity here. If you could try and marry that online and offline experience, um, and, you know, try and recreate what my mum did so well and what so many of the incredible stores and brands do so well across the world. And if you could bring that to e-commerce, then you could really create something special and importantly, help every brand in the world that isn't Amazon do what they do best, which is service and experience, because Amazon is already winning on price and selection and speed. And so really the, the only other thing that every brand in the world that isn't Amazon has to their advantage is their human edge. It's their people, their experience, their skill set. And so, yeah, we've really worked over the last four years to help brands unleash that and connect e-commerce and, and in-store shopping and, and uh, an IRL experience, bringing that to online. And that's really the, the core of the idea behind Hero. Definitely. So personally, I've always said that install customer experience to me, like less is more. I always find it's like too, too much. So the idea of virtual shopping where you can just talk to somebody, you know, at will is 
truly the dream to me. So can you tell us a bit more about the technology and how, how it works? Yeah, for sure. So think about it as two sides. So the first is the consumer experience. So the consumer doesn't have to download an app. They don't have to register for anything or go anywhere. They are simply browsing their favorite retailer stores. So if I use Levi's as an example again, where we're live in Australia with Levi's, which is very exciting. Um, so you can try this today. If you head to levis.com and you uh, essentially you'll see hero in the bottom right as you're shopping. So you can uh, see it in the bottom right of the screen and you'll be able to, uh, essentially as you're looking at a product, uh, you'll be able to open hero. And if you have a specific question, like I say, often it's about size or fit, or it could be availability in store. Um, you can tap the button and within 10 seconds on average, you'll be connected live to an associate in the store nearest to you. And how you connect is through text, through chat, through video calling. And on the associate experience in the store, they're using the native hero app. And this is really designed to be very flexible, flexible around their day. So if it's, uh, we, we, we talk about solving the Tuesday at 10 a.m. problem where you open the store and there's no customers in there. And for me, there's just all of this inefficiency that you suddenly remove and make retail more efficient by allowing the associate to open up the Hero app, see how many shoppers are live on the website right now, and that will encourage them to go available. And essentially, it's uh, if you've ever taken a, an Uber before and you see the, Uber's dri the Uber drivers app where they get a 15 second countdown and they accept the, the fare, essentially that's what the, the store can do. They get pinged, they accept the conversation, and it means they can now connect live beyond the falls of the store and connect with all of the customers on the e-commerce e experience. And then they can chat, they can video call, um, and this is works just by every category, whether it's beauty for, for consultations, whether it's about showcasing the new merchandise, we work with the likes of home, uh, Herman Miller in the home space. And if you want to see that furniture that's three or $4,000 online and you want to see what it looks like up close, suddenly the associate can video call with you. And so it's really bringing the best of those personal interactions in store, but scaling it to e-commerce. Without making this uh, an overt ad um, and keeping it kind of uh, informational, if you had to kind of define what is the key benefit of using Hero, and why would a business, a retail business, want to adopt it? Yeah, for sure. So uh, as well as the efficiency you solve in store, really the biggest problem that retailers face today is it's costing them more to acquire a consumer to land on their website. And for me, as someone coming uh, from the technology background and not a retail background, it always amazes me that 99% of customers who hit that website don't buy anything. Yeah. Only 1% convert. So you've got all of this white space, all of this greenfield opportunity where you, if you can help convert those 99% of shoppers who don't buy, then suddenly you become very valuable to the retailers and brands who need that support to convert more shoppers. So it's really online conversion is where we make the biggest difference for our partners. And so that customer who may have left the site because they had a question and they can't find the answer, yeah. or perhaps they just needed some opinion to give them the comfort to buy, that's where Hero comes in handy for that shopper. So they tap the button, they chat, and on average, a shopper is 21 times more likely to buy because they've connected with that associate and, and uh, compared to being unassisted and left to their own devices. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it really is. And I guess I have to ask, like, does this then extend into personal shopping? Like, do you, is this then your person, like that associate then has that connection with that customer and can continue the conversation outside of that quick, you know, asking for, for help? 
Yeah, it's, it's such a great question. It's something we observed in the early days as we were building Hero. We were looking at the conversation um, exports with our partners and we were noticing the same trend, which was the associate saying, hey, can I take your cell phone number or can I take your email and I can pin you an email when the, the item's back in stock. Or often the customer was saying, hey, I'd love to know about the new collections first or a sale period. Can you text me? And there was no structured way to do that. And that's when we introduced a feature that we call contacts, which essentially is like virtual clientele. And so if you've had one of these virtual shopping interactions and you've had a great experience, and it could be because you're a high value customer, or it could be, as I say, the items out of stock, you can essentially leave your cell phone number or your email and the associate can text or email or even WhatsApp with you to, uh, and essentially stay in touch. So it's like having your own personal shopper on speed dial is how we think about it. And it's not for every customer. Some customers will have a great virtual shopping experience and they want to leave it there. But for those that want a slightly more elevated, um, sustained experience, and we see this in homeware, for example, um, where you know often a customer is renovating their home over like a six week period and they just want to have someone they can check back in with and say, hey, this is my space or, uh, can you help me with this or what do you recommend for for this new room um that you see it being used to great effect and same with apparel same in beauty if someone has really got to understand your skin uh regime for example and they understand you and maybe some of your fears as well and we see these incredibly open transparent conversations suddenly you've, you've built this connection so why leave it there and so contacts give those brands and those associates the opportunity to stay in touch with customers and vice versa it feels like this wonderful experience that we had with um, Trunk Club in New York. Obviously, mm. we can't access that here, but it's that kind of thing where you've got to know that associate and they knew yeah. what you liked. And, and sometimes we would just get a quick email or something, you know, like, oh, I know you guys love this brand of jeans. Like, it's, it's now on sale. Like, oh, that's, that is perfect. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> yeah. And this is really what luxury brands have done for so well for so long but it's been really hard for other brands to replicate. And also it's not a particularly de democratic experience. You know, often it's reserved for VIP customers. And really we're trying to democratize that experience and take it outside of just luxury brands, but give everyone that ability to have a slightly more elevated shopping experience. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'd love to know more about the brands that you've partnered with here in Australia and internationally. Can you tell us about a few of them? Yeah. For sure. So, so look, you can tell my British accent, guys, that we got started here in the UK, but we quickly realized actually US was going to be a key market for us. So almost only just 12 months into the launching, we opened our New York office and our team is now pretty split across the US and Europe. But then we, we quickly realized, of course, the opportunity for APAC in particular in, in Australia. And so it was the start of 2020 where we really started to, to put more emphasis on the Australian market, recognizing the, the boom in e-commerce is happening, recognizing the, embrace, uh, the ability to embrace new innovation as well. And, you know, observing the afterpay story, for example, has been so inspiring for us as a, a young company in this space. So Australia has always been a really exciting market for us. So we got started 2020. Our very first customers were Levi's in Australia, uh, the Accent Group, which I can definitely get into to more details on as well. The Accent Group have been a phenomenal partner for us. Uh, Mecca as well in the beauty space. Um, and then this week, we're really pleased to announce InQ as well, where we're live across every one of their stores. So we're, we're ramping up and expanding in Australia, um, which is very, very exciting. Many more partnerships to announce soon, um, but already some fantastic stable partners 
um, in Australia. Um, and in fact, one more I, I missed, Camilla Remark as well, who's been a fantastic partner for a number of months now. Um, so yeah, we are uh, getting into Australia um, more and more, trying to raise our awareness there and work with more brands. But um, uh, it's been really brilliant to have more champions there, like Accent Group, for example. They're such innovators in everything they do and, and working really closely with um, Casey and the, the digital team has been such a great project. I can definitely share more about that. Is there um, one single retail kind of category that really gains the most from what your experience so far? Like if you're in this category, you should be doing this. Strikes me that you've covered off a lot of categories all the way from the top yeah. to the middle. But is there sort yeah. of one category that goes, this is a no brainer, it just works so well for it? Fortunately, we're seeing that cross category and but in particular, two categories have stood out in the last 12 months. And that's been homeware, because buying anything for your home is such a risky purchase. You can not only guide you, but actually send you photos and videos, video chat with you live. It gives you so much more comfort. And the base was so low, you know, so few people converted on a homeware retailer's website. And so we can make a huge impact there. Beauty is another category as well, where traditionally, unless you were buying a repeat purchase, you know, buying online has always been um, a, a pretty risky um, buying uh, experience. But now you can actually shop for net new beauty items because you can connect live with that consultant in store. They can advise you. They can use video to really understand, you know, your skin uh, or your regimen, whatever it is. Um, and so beauty has not been another really standout category for us over the last 12 months. And in apparel is just an absolute no brainer. You know, often it's been such a problem for retailers as you well know, returns when a customer buys three or four of the same items because they're unsure what size to buy. And then they return and it of course eats into the retailer's margin. And so apparel and footwear has been a real standout category since day one, because if you give that customer the confidence to buy one item the first time and of course it's a huge win just from a returns point of view alone for the retailer yeah interesting yeah so you touched on that a little bit about um accent group and i'd love to kind of delve into that one a little bit more and steve of course sat on the board of accent group for 13 years so this kind of ties in nicely but um we saw I and didn't we know that. Yeah. all right yeah no 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 <laughs> pretty much from the very very early days where we only Classic. had where we only had the athlete's foot all the way through to about a year ago. I only retired from the board in November last year. Yeah. 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 And of course, we heard about the huge numbers that they were, um, you know, coming out with um, due, uh, within lockdown. Um, I think they reported something like a million dollars a day during May, which is insane. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'd love to know how this partnership works and, you know, like why it was so successful. Yeah, we'd actually been speaking to Accent for a number of months and we got to know, you know, got to know the business there well and we're so impressed with the growth story. So Steve, fantastic to hear you were so close to that and a huge kudos to you. Um, and then we actually launched and with them in a handful of the brands and then of course the stay at home restrictions kicked in. So uh, Accent were very well placed to leverage a technology they'd already invested in. And I wouldn't say it was with fortuitous timing because no one could prepare for what, of course, what was going to happen in 2020. Um, but they were definitely well placed because they were already embracing uh, innovation and rolling out Hero uh, to a number of their brands. But essentially, as the stores closed, and, and Steve, you know, well, hundreds of stores closed almost overnight. 
it meant that those associates could begin working uh, from home with Hero and still having the ability to advise shoppers. And of course, that coincided with the rapid growth of the e-commerce channels where suddenly all of the shoppers migrated from in-store shopping to online shopping. And so it really kind of came together perfectly and uh, helped keep those associates on staff, working from home, still being able to advise um, the shoppers. Um, and it meant that the team accent were able to roll this uh, out more confidently because they had so many rapid learnings just by launching so quickly getting the learnings and doing it at scale, it means, you know, 12 months on, they've now got, um, you know, learnings that probably would have taken two or three years about exactly what works. And in the first few weeks alone, you had tens of thousands of shoppers using Hero. And of course, fit is really the, the number one uh, reason why a shopper chats, you know, buying footwear online is tricky and no one really wants to, um, you know, uh, buy two or three of the items and risk them not returning or then having to try and return those items, which, you know, in itself is, of course, a, a pretty, um, you know, uh, experience full of friction. So if we can remove that friction for the shopper, um, and that's really what the fit guidance is really doing um, on the websites. And that's, you know, right across um, Sketches and the athlete's foot, Hype DC, um, Tadapus uh, as well. So it's really across every one of the brands now. And in terms of the impact, to Accent, they've seen about five to 10 times conversion rate when a customer taps hero in shops. And the AOV, so the basket size, or the cart size, increases by about 25%. Um, so yeah, fantastic results. And my huge kudos to the team at Accent who really embraced innovation at the right time and has done an amazing job in you know really becoming more of a digital first business. Mm, no, no, no. I mean, a lot of people talk about COVID as an accelerator. I use mm -hmm. Scott, Scott Galloway out of New York. I mean, he really mm -hmm. came up with the phrase quite early on. And what you just talked to is a little bit the same, how what might have taken two to three years, they had to do it to two and three months. Um, so what effect are you seeing now from COVID? And yeah. what's the impact on game changing that, you, that Hero's adopting in there? Yeah, yeah. So in terms of just scale, it's happening so quickly. And, you know, we're, we're very close uh, partners with Shopify and, and their team talks a lot about how 10 years of growth essentially happened in a year. And we're not seeing that slow down. I think from a, a virtual shopping perspective, there's now just an expectation from shoppers to have a service like this. If you're buying online, you're kind of expecting to see some element of virtual shopping uh, and the ability to have video calls, even if in many cases, retailers have tried to hack together something very quickly overnight, where it's like a schedule, scheduler and Zoom calls, but at yep. least it's something. It's giving yep. shoppers that ability um, to have that face-to-face -face experience online. So I don't think that appetite is changing. Um, we're very lucky in a position where uh, we're able to help so many of our partners and, you know, Europe and the US is still in a very different stage, of course, to Australia, where, you know, here in the UK right now, there's still restrictions. So uh, that's been a, a really... Um, now, what wonderful thing for our team, we, we think about the mission of Hero to humanize commerce, but importantly, to keep the associates being able to work from home and or work from the store, which is what is happening a lot here in Europe right now, where the stores are essentially closed to the public, but actually the associates are working in the store, virtual shopping, and then doing uh, fulfillment from the store as well. Um, so that's been a really insightful um, uh, uh, you know, learning for me over the last few months. So being able to keep those employees on staff, that's been a big impact. But just seeing volume 
now going through. So we had a thousand percent increase in the volume of virtual shopping interactions in 2020s from the start of the year to the end of the year. And so you're just seeing the appetite there. Um, and that's, you know, a, a alongside the growth of e-commerce, but it's just a huge amount of people now. You're talking millions of shoppers used Hero in 2020 um, and yeah, it's continuing into 2021. I love the reference to Zoom because I think um, so many people in the last year have adopted Zoom. And I love the reference about how Hero kind of, in some respects, kind of sophisticates that whole activity area. I mean, we've learned to do a lot of business on Zoom in the last six to nine months, mm -hmm. um, but it's really interesting. And it's a good reference point, I think, to kind of begin to articulate the starting point for what you do. Would that be a fair yeah. comment? Yeah, I think so. I think everyone's becoming more familiar with video calling. And in my opinion, they already were. It was happening predominantly on FaceTime. And yeah. uh, having spent and having lived in the US for a while, it always amazed me how different the Americans are to us Europeans, where they would walk down the street and you could be in New York and they'd have their earpods in ear and everyone would be on FaceTime just walking casually down the street. And so I think there was always <laughs> this um, comfort, more so in the US, to be on FaceTime. And we actually introduced video calling as a feature way before COVID hits. This is at the start, at the end of last year, in the start of 2020. And we kind of said, will anyone use this? We know they chat, we know they audio call with Hero, but would they do a two-way video call? Would a, cu a customer feel comfortable being in their home on video with an associate in the store? And we took a risk and we innovated. And of course, as you say, Zoom, became a huge part of our world and so a huge part of the, everyone's vocabulary. And everyone is now Zooming all day long. And it's just been this, this knockover effect into retail and shopping where you're really comfortable to be on camera more so than you ever were. And I think that comfort is only going to increase. I think the other really interesting thing that that's introduced is the authenticity of the production content that retailers can now um, rely on essentially their customers understand and expect. You know, things were traditionally so glossy. You'd have the catalog that was glossy, you'd have the ad campaign that was really glossy. And what we found from shoppers is they want really authentic experiences. They would rather see the product up close over a Zoom call to see what it looks like than they would look at any more glossy static photos on a website. Um, so that's really interesting for me, seeing that rise of authentic video um, and I think there's, that's a real trend we're going to see more of. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just saying to Maddie, it reminds me of the whole TikTok revolution that's gone on mm -hmm. and how that yeah. plays together and the, and, yeah. the, and the emphasis for it being in real time and real and and that realness creates all that um, authenticity. And trust. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I will more likely trust a product that I'm seeing on TikTok because I feel like it's a real person that's selling it to me versus, yeah, like you say, that glossy made up, you know, advertising that we're so used to seeing in magazines and, and Instagram. This is like real content. The person's not edited. Yeah, yeah but that, that's where it gets okay. interesting because, Adam, you mentioned quite early on in this interview that it had been adopted by a lot of prestige retailers. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's kind of plays against their desperate need to control every brand image. Yeah, I think you're seeing more luxury brands and premium brands feel more comfortable about investing in more authentic use of video in retail. And I, I give you an example. Uh, we're working with, uh, in fact, we introduced a new feature 
we introduced a new feature called Shoppable Stories at the end of last year. And this is in beta. And so we have not widely made this available to every one of our partners, but it's currently being used by a Herman Miller brand in the US, by Credo Beauty, the fast growth uh, clean beauty brand who is a, a longtime partner of Hero, uh, and uh, Size, the footwear retailer in, in Europe, which is owned by JD Sports. Um, and this is a really interesting feature. I'll just talk about it for a moment. Essentially, we've taken Instagram stories or the, the, the equivalent of Instagram stories and bought it to the retailer's own e-commerce experience. Wow. And where they access it is when they tap the hero button, rather than chatting immediately, they can actually just browse these stories that the associates in store have created. They've essentially shot on an iPhone, they've tagged, so they become shoppable, and they're uploaded and moderated by someone in the head office, and it appears on the website. So you're now bringing Instagram-style shopping to e-commerce. And of course, if the customer has seen a product in one of these videos and they want to chat or video call with the associate, they can do that you know, one tap away from, from having that experience. But we are seeing so many customers just sit there and watch these videos. The same way they watch authentic stories on Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat, they're now getting that experience as they shop. And so I'm really bullish on where video will go, having seen the adoption of that shoppable stories feature by consumers over the last few months. And I say it's a small test right now, but we're really excited by where that feature will go. And customers are used to being on Instagram and TikTok. They love that as an experience. They don't want to be browsing e-commerce websites that look and feel exactly the same. They want a differentiated, elevated experience. And video is definitely a, a key way for any retailer to do that. It's an interesting parallel that's going on in society between um, our in total interaction on social media and how it's gone from being very formal and very structured to now quite mm -hmm. informal and unstructured and how retail is sort of following that path a little bit later, but following that path. And clearly Hero is a leading piece of technology to help retailers accelerate into that space. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really fair. And and it's not going to disappear, in my opinion. Everyone has an iPhone in hand. There's going to be more content being created. And I think the really fascinating uh, opportunity for anyone in retail and e-commerce is to tap into that, encourage more of that content creation by your own store associates, by your own staff, um, and even by what I consider kind of the future micro-influencer. That's almost what the store associate will become tomorrow, these yeah. micro-influencers. And yeah. so I think... There's going to be more video, and I think all of that video is going to be shoppable, and it's going to not only happen on social media, but with a feature like Shoppable Stories, it's actually going to happen on the retailer's website. Why should the e-commerce experience fall behind TikTok or Instagram? It should be leading there, or it should be as at least as good. Um, so I'm really, really excited by where that will go, and I think any brand that invests now in understanding the role of video and really embracing video and, and uh, content creators, I think is going to really win because you're seeing how uh, the fastest growing brands have done that on social media already, and it's not going to slow down. There's just so much innovation to come there. Yeah. yeah, which kind of leads me nicely to my next question, which is what is the future of Hero? Like what 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 could you possibly have yeah. you know, in the pipeline? What's coming next? What would it look like in two to three years? Yeah. yeah. I, I think for me, we will follow how people communicate. I think that's always been at the core of Hero, which is looking at how people communicate. And you know, in 2017, when we launched, that was primarily chat and text and through, you know, features like WhatsApp and 
uh, SMS and WeChat, you know, that's how people communicated. And now increasingly that's become video through video chat, like Zoom. And as I say, stories is really the, and, and, and short shoppable video content, I think is another way in which people are now communicating and expressing themselves and wanting to consume. And so we're really following how people communicate and bringing that into the e-commerce experience. I think to augment that though, I think the other thing that's really happening is, as I say, the, the role of the traditional store associate is really evolving. And I think that's paving a way for, as I say, the future micro-influencer who doesn't necessarily need to be in a physical store. They may be working from home. They may be in a virtual showroom. They may be in a store. They may be um, uh, at home. It doesn't matter where they are. They're going to have the ability to connect and sell. And that could be through creating videos. It could be through chatting in video calling center, the product to well. Um, but really, I think tapping into almost like gig working inside retail, I think that's going to be what the role of the, the future store associate looks like. And for me, that is fascinating because retail is the biggest employer uh, in every market almost, so, you know, certainly in the US, certainly in Europe. More people work in frontline retail than any other category. And if you can now give them new opportunities and more people the opportunity to sell uh, without some of the old operating model of, of pure brick and mortar, I'm really fascinated by that. And so I, this role of the virtual brand ambassador, at Hero we talk about less Clark, more Kardashian. And I think that's definitely <laughs> happening. Uh, I will continue to do that. So yeah, that's it. That's how I think about the future of Hero. You know, really thinking about following how we communicate and to empowering people to sell and chat and communicate in the way they do as people and bringing that into commerce. So now our second last question is one that we plan and, and indeed have been asking everyone this year. Uh, in store or online, what's your preference and why? leads on I, where you were really yeah yeah i honestly i love both for different reasons like i love a great in-store experience when it is great and often the greatest experiences you actually have are through the associate interactions yeah, but at the same time it's also some of the worst interactions you can have if you have a bad associate who is not particularly well trained that can really uh, you know ruin a great shopping experience so i think that's a huge emphasis on brands to continue to invest in their people and great training and finding the right passionate ambassadors and so for me though i love the in-store experience i always have done nothing beats that but at the same time e-commerce isn't going to slow down and it brings so much convenience for the shopper and so I don't think about online versus in-store. I think about a third wave of retail. If wave number one was in-store, wave number two was e transactional e-commerce, and wave three is the the the, the um, convergent convergence rather of the two. And uh, so yeah, for me, I think you can get the best of both worlds, and uh, no longer do you have to um, you know have a trade-off in the experience in either. I think it's interesting you raise that, and. Um... Only because I guess one of the things we've seen in, in retail, and we've consulted to retail for a long, long time now, is that inevitably over the years, service levels, in-store service levels across most retail have reduced. In fact, it seems to be the single biggest reason if you really had to dig into the consumer insight around why department stores are failing. But yet what I think you're talking about with Hero is a whole new way to, to find and create effective utilization of Salesforce. Yeah, yeah, and that's a fair assumption. 
because I mean, you said the Tuesday morning, no one in store, and I thought that was a really interesting reference. But yeah. yet now I can actually utilize those people essentially for their entire rostered time. Absolutely. And so we often find there's a real correlation between the quietest times in store and yep. the busiest times on a brand's website. Yep. And there's often a clear correlation. It could be during the, the lunchtime shopping. It could be uh, on the commute home and you head to the, the retailer's site and you know it's like 6 or 7 p.m. perhaps and the store is still open and they're quite in person usually. So there's a huge opportunity and overlap between those brands that have really invested in brick and mortar to unleash those store associates and to find what I consider almost like a hundred percent efficiency of a store. If you can't sell to a customer online, open up the hero app and sell to uh, sorry customer in store. Open up the hero app and sell to a customer online, and that really is like ultimate efficiency for any retailer. Yeah. So it's not about versus you know and or. It really is about that opportunity to bring the two together and find that efficiency that physical retail has perhaps really lacked over the, some of the last few years. Yeah. And it makes being or, you know, perhaps have finding a career in retail more lucrative if you then do become that micro influencer, as you sort of suggested, like maybe this will be what, you know, picks up that as a career again, you know, instead of it being like you're after high school, I'm going to work in retail and then and then go into head office. And then go into something professional. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm just going to add to that. For me, it was kind of crazy, this idea that all of these reta uh, retail associates would turn up to work. And it all be fluent and proficient in Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok. And then they're asked to leave their cell phone in their locker. Yeah. And right. that's a bizarre experience. For me. So it's just good. Yeah. Like yeah. there's so much untapped potential yeah. for these people to become creators and to sell online and be part of the explosion of e-commerce as opposed to separate from it. That's why I think there's so much opportunity for those retailers who invest in the right way. Definitely. Yeah. And our last question is one that we're going to be asking everybody all season is what does the future of retail look like to you? My, I'll go back to my opening comment around this kind of third wave of retail and really seeing this kind of third wave of, of interactive retail, this idea, whether it's live streaming, virtual shopping, uh, whether that's AR and VR as to what that becomes, but really this convergence between online and offline, which the industry talked about for a long time, but I think is really coming true now. I think the technology in some ways is catching up to some of the omni-channel aspirations that many brands have had for a long time. And so for me, that's the future of retail. It's no longer going to be e-commerce versus physical retail. It really is the convergence of the two. Um, and for me, that's really exciting. I say more efficient, more convenient, more earning opportunities. And for those brands, those associates, those shoppers that embrace it, it's going to be a, a better future. I really believe it, despite some of perhaps what feels like challenge and pain in the short term. I think retail and commerce generally will come out stronger in the long term. Yeah, that's really good. Excellent. Thank you so much, uh, Adam, for making the time to talk with us. I know when we're kind of eight or nine hours apart, um, <laughs> really, really terribly appreciated. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you inviting us on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Retail Oasis Retail Wrap-Up. If you enjoyed the chat, we'd love you to rate and review it. Plus, remember to subscribe and you'll be automatically notified when the next episode airs. If you'd like to learn more about Retail Oasis, please head over to retailoasis.com 
or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Yes, we're there too. To support our show, simply tell a friend or send this episode on to someone you know who would appreciate more retail knowledge. And finally, thank you to our sponsor, Afterpay. Buy now, pay later. Thank you.